When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Happy Wednesday and thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Now joined by Mr. Jason Shear. I am merely Mike Luke. Jason, you're coming from the dentist. How are you feeling? I feel all right. Hopefully, if I sound weird, people don't think I'm on drugs. It's just because my mouth. You are on drugs, though, correct? Uh, Arizona basketball is my drug, Mike. All right. Let's talk about Arizona basketball. Then we're going to get to a little Arizona football and some recruiting. I like that Arizona basketball is your drug. Um, going into the year, I will say that I thought this team was, I thought they'd be good, but I thought they were more of a top 15 to 18 team, something like that. I just didn't know how they would be able to replace Matherin, Coloco, and to a lesser extent, Dalen Terry. And man, was I wrong on this one? They go into Maui and they're blowing people out. And not only are they blowing people out, like the TCU, that's, I'm not TCU, excuse me, Creighton, that's a really, really good Creighton team. And I know it was a two-point game, but if you watched that game, it wasn't that close. Yeah, I mean, I, I said before the event that I would have been surprised if Arizona won it just because the the field was so loaded. And, and they kind of walked through it. Like that San Diego State game was never close. Creighton was only close because they went on a run at the end. I mean, they were clearly the best team in a in a loaded field. And, um, you know, I, I thought that they'd be really good at the end of the season, that Arizona would, and it would take some time. But um, it hasn't taken time. I mean, and they're going to get better. But they are already a, a very good basketball team. And you look in the conference, and we'll get back to the game in a second, they're going to smack the heck out of everybody in the conference right now. Nobody in the conference matches up well with them. Yeah, I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I still think UCLA is a, a pretty solid team. But if you are watching the early part of the season and, and you're making your conference picks now, you're you're clearly picking Arizona. You know, it's weird. Like, when you look at the transfer portal rankings and everything, and everybody, you know, was bummed when Arizona didn't get Keon Brooks because he's a, you know, he's a double-digit guy from Kentucky. And you could just tell that when Tommy Lloyd got Cedric Henderson and when he got Courtney Ramey, that he felt pretty good about where these guys were going to fit in. Now, obviously, Courtney Ramey's going to play 30-plus minutes a game. Cedric Henderson's going to be your sixth man. But there's no way that anybody could have projected these two fitting in more seamlessly than they have so far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to it where you're not just recruiting the best player in the portal. You're recruiting guys that fit it well and, and add what you need. And, and it's clear that Ramey and Henderson do that. I, I think that some people are probably surprised by Ramey's offense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, coming from Chris But Beard, you're not. I'm not. Because coming from Chris Beard, you're not going to be a really good offensive player. And, and Ramey chose this system for a reason. And this is pretty much what he was supposed to be. Like, this is kind of what he looked like when he played for Shaka at Texas for a year. But 
Um, both guys are, are clearly great fits. And with Arizona's bench struggling, to be able to move uh, Cedric Henderson to the bench and have him be that first guy, there's not many guys in the conference that are going to be better six men than, than Cedric Henderson. I thought before the year, and we talked about this a ton, that all I wanted from Kurt Creasa was to be a 40% shooter from the field, 40% shooter from three. Um, not only has he surpassed that so far, he's become a true difference maker out there where he's not just jacking up shots. He's getting people involved. He's getting into the lane. And more importantly, during crunch moments, he's getting into the lane and getting others involved. I mean, this is uh, this is a different Kurt Creasa than we've seen. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the best point guards in the country Yes, uh, that we've seen early in the season. And, you know, you expect him to make a jump, and you heard that he's going to shoot more twos, but his whole entire control of the offense, his ability to, you know, last season he would make a lot of dumb three attempts and, right. and, and, and off balance and just didn't need him. And this season there's been very few. And, you know, he, he the start that he's on, and you want to see it extend and all that and make sure it's not just a, a hot start to the season, but – um, what he's looked like this year makes Arizona even better than what people thought they would be because now all of a sudden, you know, people would say, oh, Kirk Reese, I don't know if he's that guy. Well, now all of a sudden he's one of the best point guards in the country. So if he can continue that, that that's a big deal. Have I told you about my theory? Or, well, let's talk about the four peaks for a second here. Now, most people think that the four peaks is the Arizona uh, quartet of big men right there. It's not just that, though. It's four peaks brewery up in Tempe. Here's the deal. You can go up there and you can watch. You can root against ASU up there. Or you can get your four peaks down here at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties, which we'll get to in just a second. But again, uh, go up to uh, go up to Tempe or you can get them down here. 21 and up. Enjoy responsibly. Check out the show notes for all the details. And I mentioned Tap and Bottle. Tap and Bottle, that's the place to go for all the away game watch parties. We're getting that started up here uh, soon with basketball. Uh, it's a great time. Come up and back the A. There's four peaks up there. There's Mountain Mike's Pizza. There's food trucks, all kinds of good stuff. So, again, check it out. Tap and bottle for all the away game watch parties. Okay. Now, Umar Ballo, Azulis Tabellis, half of the four peaks right there. And when people say that uh, there's only really two peaks, I don't buy that for a second because the third peak plays and the fourth peak, he's doing his work in practice. So here's what I ask him, though. Joking aside, Tabellus and Umar Ballo is the best power forward center combination in the country, correct? I haven't seen one better. You'd, really, you'd have to really convince me that there's one better. I mean, I had, and they and they fit pretty well together. Now, again, Zoo's not going to be a three point shooter per se, but and I don't want to call him finesse, but whereas Ballo is just kind of more of uh, brute strength per se. Zoo is the guy that's a little bit more skilled. They fit together very well. They really do. And that's one of the things like, you know, we've seen on the message boards and Twitter and all that, that people are like, oh, you know, let's see how Umar does once teams double team him. And it's like, if you're Arizona, you're saying, go ahead, double team him. You can't double team him. You can't because Tubelas, what are you going to do? Leave Tubelas open? Or right. Are you going to leave one of their guards or wings open on the, it, it's, it is a nightmare and in, Greg McDermott, the, the Creighton coach, said so. He's like, we just chose to kind of take it as it comes. There's nothing we can do. And that's why they they coexist so well because they're both good passers. Um, you know, Tubelis' game has come a long way, it looks like, early in the season as well. And it's kind of like pick your poison, and, and they work together well. And, um, you know, it, it is a, a – yeah, I mean, I, I would say I, I'd have to really sit down and think about who might be better in terms of front courts. 
All right, Henry Vesar, he gets beat up by a lot of people, but you can see what Tommy Lloyd likes in him. Again, I get that he's kind of he's kind of a young colt right now. He's growing into everything, but he is so long that at the very least he can block shots and he can cause other teams problems on the defensive end. He's fine if he's your kind of your big man that you're playing 12, 13 minutes a game. Yeah, I mean, he he had the play against, I think it was Creighton, where he read the pick and roll perfectly, and then he flashed over to the other side and blocked a shot. And that was not a move that most freshmen can do. And, and right. he, he's, I think he's further along than people think. He just, he needs to get stronger. He's already a, a pretty good defender. He knows what he wants to do. It's just a matter of getting stronger and, and being able to do it. But to me, at least, he's not like a loss when he's on the court. There, there's a reason why, you know, we, like you said, there's, there's people that are like, oh, why is he playing 10 minutes or 15 minutes? There's a reason why. It's because Tommy Lloyd believes that those 10 minutes or so are going to lead to bigger minutes down the road. And when the time when they need him, he'll be more ready than if you just, you know, sit him on the bench or whatever. You could see the flashes of potential he has. Like he's going to wind up being a really good player. It's just maybe going to take a little bit more time than some people thought. All right, let's talk Pella Larson. Now, again, I always have to preface this by saying my bad, Pella. I was wrong, so take everything I say with a grain of salt when it comes to Larson. I think what... I think what we're finding out now is that Larson is a solid player. He's not a, and again, could be wrong on this, but when you look at it, there's still things that he really struggles with. He really struggles handling the ball, which leads to some bad passing decisions. He's a very good defender. He can, you know, he can hit the open three. He can finish around the hoop. But to me, there's kind of a clear gap between maybe the three best players on the team and Pella. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because Pella is clearly a starting, you know, starting player on a top 15, top 10 team. Yeah. I mean, he really struggled in Maui. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big Pella fan. You know, we, and right. that's well established, but he, he wasn't good in Maui. I mean, he was good on, he was good defensively, but offensively he really struggled and, and they're going to need more from him on that end of the ball. But um, yeah, I mean, look, if, if he's the fourth best player in Arizona, it, it, that probably says more about Arizona than it does him. And, and because he, he he's, he's clearly a, a good player. He's clearly one of the better players in the conference but yeah you, you do wonder about some of his limitations what worries you about this is there any are there teams out there that worry you the teams that kind of worry me i guess a little bit are and again this they'll worry anybody but the houston's of the world the ones that can really get physical you know with your ball handlers because i don't see a ton of flaws with this arizona team i mean look if kirk reese is playing like this and arizona's offense is like this you know it, you you'll take your chances against most teams. Yeah. I mean, Houston should scare everyone because of their physicality, but then the other night they go win a game 49 to 44. And right. it's like, you gotta assume that Arizona in a game is going to be able to, you know, score more than 49 points. And um, if Arizona's offense is clicking like it is, you know, this part in the season, you pretty much take them. You take your chances. They, they may not be favored against everyone, but you'd be okay. And think that, you know, Arizona has a chance against pretty much everyone. All right, let's get to recruiting here in just a second. But a couple things, game time. Um, Sheer, are you a procrastinator at all? I'm not. You are no. not a procrastinator. So this doesn't apply to you, although it could apply to you if you wanted to do something last second that you didn't know about. Um, game time. Here's This is the best place to get all of your last second stuff, whether it's sports, uh, whether it's um, you name it, they got it, concerts. And you can get them at 60% off as well. A lot of people have jumped on the post-game show and have said, you know, I didn't know exactly where I was going to go to the game. They hopped on game time and they got it. 
Uh, check out, buy your tickets through the link in the description. The best way to support PHNX is by buying your tickets through the link in the description and handling. Not every children has what they need to succeed, uh, live a successful life in Arizona alone. Almost 30% of young children live in poverty and more than 50% of these children are behind their peers before they even start kindergarten. Candlein, a Phoenix-based nonprofit, is on a mission to provide the support programs and tools that every child needs to nurture their future. To get involved with Candlein's mission or make a donation, visit candlein.org. That's candlein.org. All right, Cher, people are asking about recruiting. Arizona basketball. Is there anything new? We know that Tommy Lloyd offers a very, few, very uh, small amount of players. Anything new on the recruiting basketball front? I mean, it's a little quiet right now. I think what you'll see is more kids will start to kind of schedule visits. It usually quiets a little bit after the uh, the initial signing period, but uh, there's nothing really new. You know, I, I I would say after the new year, I think you'll hear about kids taking some some unofficials for some of the bigger games. Okay, so what about anything new on the Carter Bryant front? I know that five-star wing out of uh, uh, California 2024, anything new there? I think it's still Arizona, Louisville, uh, Duke. You know, I, I look, the, the kid grew up loving Arizona. I mean, when, when Arizona offered, he was literally crying. And mm, so, right. um, you know, I, until I hear it differently, I just I think Arizona's the favorite. Maybe that changes. You know, recruiting, we know it can get a little crazy, but – um, I don't think Arizona is complaining about its position right now. All right, moving over to Arizona football now. Arizona gets five wins on the season, which I don't care how they do it, was a huge success. One thing that I need to uh, say out there, though, is I get some people that are saying, you know, and there's not a ton, but there's enough. We're saying, oh, five and seven. Who cares? Kevin Sumlin went five and seven. Here's the difference, and I shouldn't have to say this, but I'm going to say this. Jed Fish inherited a program that lost 12 straight on the way to 20 straight losses, okay? Kevin Sumlin inherited a team that won seven games the previous year and returned almost all of the players. They did not inherit the same situation. This was a this was Sheer, you've watched college football for a long time. What Jed what did Jed Fish inherit last year? I, you know, here's the difference. Kevin Sumlin buried a program. He took right. over a decent program and buried it. Jed Fish brought back a buried program. So it, the, the difference is well Jed put. Fish brought it back. And someone is the one that killed it. I, I don't think unless you really pay attention to the program that you can understand how bad this roster was when Jetfish took over. I mean, there's guys and there's still guys on the roster and you're going to find out in the next couple of weeks right. how many guys there are. But there were so many guys on the roster that just had no business playing snaps. Uh, here's the best games. here's the best analogy I can give you. You and I spent all of last year debating about who was right about Gunnar Cruz and Will Plummer. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where we that's kind of now I was right about, about that. Will Plummer is better. But that's the the point is still made though. Well, I mean, look, I, I always say like when we were going to spring ball when Jetfish was hired, it was like we didn't want to go it was yeah. like, I guess we have to go this year. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, let's go. Let's see. And and when you left practice, you're like, okay, at least off it. Like, there's some talent on this team. Before it was, man, this is the worst football team I've ever seen. Right. And it was really that simple. It was not – I mean, it, it really was. Now, let's talk a little bit about this offseason then. Um, Jacob Cowing, um, just from my opinion, I have no clue what he's going to do. But if I'm Jacob Cowing, I'm probably leaving. And the main reason why is because I'm not getting any taller and I don't know that my stats are getting any better with another year with Singer and T-Mac in there. Um, I got a kid as well. 
Um, where do you where do you see that landing? Yeah, I mean, if I'm him, I'm I'm probably leaving. But from what I understand, there's a very real chance he comes back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they're going to present him with a nice NIL package. You know, that you could say you're going to have another great season. The NFL's not going anywhere. Um, not regard and and we'll take care of you financially and and you'll be the number one receiver again. And I mean, the kid the kid likes Arizona, so there is a a real chance that he comes back. But I think a lot of it will probably be his draft grade and all that. Now, I get people also that ask me about, you know, if he does leave, what do you do with the wide receiver position? And I tell them all the time, Kevin Green's waiting. Kevin Green is going to be a problem here at the U of A. A.J. Jones is kind of in that same boat as well. They've got options if Jacob Cowing does leave. Yeah, I mean, they got Kevin Green, and, and they could go out, and, you know, it's a possibility they go out and grab a stud receiver from the portal like like they did with Cowing if they feel that's necessary. But I, I would say on the offensive side of the ball, I, I just wouldn't worry about it. I, I just think Arizona has a clear plan and, and plenty of talent and the ability to to go get talent on that side of the ball. What do we think? Because I love the interior line going forward. I think between Wendell Moe and Jonas Savanea, I think you're pretty much set there for the next couple of years. What about at the tackle positions? Because Peyton Fears was, I know he played here a lot, but he was kind of the epitome of meh. And Jordan Morgan's obviously coming off of an injury, but he was fantastic before. Where does Arizona stand with Jordan Morgan and at that tackle position? Yeah, they got to go get a tackle. I, my assumption is it's a portal guy. Um, unless they, they feel really good about their young guys. But I, I think it's a portal guy or a Juco guy. Um, you know, my guess is right now, from what I've heard, I think Jordan Morgan is leaning towards still going pro, rehabbing and, and going that way. Um, but, it, you know, especially if that happens, they got to go out and, and get some tackles. They could rearrange the line and move Jonah to tackle and, and kind of move things there. But personally, I, I think they go to the portal and, and try to improve that way. All right, you can all you can never have too many defensive linemen. We know that, but I love the defensive linemen that are returning with Kangaika, with Ty Ty, with uh, Deuce Davis. I mean, Deuce Lane. I guess if you put him at that kind of that end, but man, you got to get linebackers next to Manu, and you've got to get safeties. Um, that to me is a huge priority. Yeah, I, I think linebackers the number one priority. What I would expect is once the portal opens next week, you're going to see a bunch of offers. Um, you know, there's guys entering the portal this week, but they can't do it officially. You got to wait till Monday. But I, I feel confident saying Arizona is going to offer like three or four linebackers in the portal and try to land a bunch of linebackers. They like their safety high school class. I wouldn't be surprised if if they aren't as aggressive there, if they're a little more aggressive with defensive ends and linebackers and safety. But um, it is clear that on the defensive side of the ball, they're, they're really going to attack the portal aggressively. Okay. And then um... – from a, uh, let's see here, I, people ask me all the time about, you know, the running backs, it's always a sexy position. I think they're set at running back. If you return, I don't know what Wiley's going to do, but I love those three running backs. Between Coleman, between uh, uh, Williams, and between Wiley, you can do a lot You can do a lot worse than those three. Yeah, and, and they really like Brandon Johnson, the incoming running back, and I think they'll, lo- they'll lose Wiley. Um, even if they don't, they'll, they'll probably lose another running back to the portal just because it's natural, but I, I don't worry about that room at all. I mean, even if they lose Wiley or Stevie Rock or someone, they're bringing back guys. Um, they're bringing in a, a freshman that they like a lot. They'll they'll be fine. All right, let's uh, let's make fun of ASU for a minute here. Um, <laughs> but uh, because, uh, but first, if you look at Shears, uh, if you look at Shears, uh, uh, his um, his couch and everything. I don't know where he got it, but it looks fantastic. And you know where you can find fantastic furniture? More furniture. 
morfurniture.com. Check it out. They revamped the entire PHNX studios. Looks amazing. They can do it for you. They can also do it uh, at a very, uh, they can do it at a uh, cheaper, a pretty cheap price as well. So check it out. morfurniture.com. You'll be very impressed and you'll be happy that we sent you. Check out uh, show notes for details. Marcus Bagley. Um, after a game a while back, I got a little bit of a, you know, somebody who told me that, dude, Marcus Bagley just went off on Bobby Hurley. And they initially said that it was an injury. And Michelle Gardner said that it wasn't, um, that he was injured and that it had nothing to do with that. Well, come to find out that he actually did go off on Bobby Hurley and that he is suspended indefinitely now. Um, what's going on at ASU? And have we seen the last of Marcus Bagley in college? Yeah, I, I just don't think there's any way Bobby Hurley brings him back. I mean, they're playing pretty well without him. He's obviously a, a cancer to the team. Um, you know, he already deleted his tweet after his tweet about his suspension. He said, choose your school wisely. Uh, he deleted that. His dad's going around liking anti-ASU tweets. Right. I mean, you can't welcome a guy like that back. And, um, you know, Hurley tried. I, I think Hurley tried probably harder with him than other guys. But at the end of the day, you kind of – get what you get. And, and Marcus Bagley is who he is. My, my, the thing that I never understood about this was why, why would you send Bagley back for a third year at ASU? If that's what the way that you wanted to go there, because again, you basically had been held out for a couple of years now. It never, this marriage never really made any sense to me past the freshman year on either side. Yeah, that made no sense. And, and that's why everyone thought that he was going to go pro. And if he didn't go pro, he was going to transfer. Coming back to ASU made no sense. Hurley clearly recruited over him or recruited guys that would be able to replace him. And um, it wasn't like he got the touches the year before or whatever. It, it, that was one of the the more confusing moves, I should say. And now he's kind of screwed because he hasn't proven enough to go to the NBA. And now he's probably going to transfer. But how many schools are going to welcome him with open arms? It's it's an interesting situation for him. Can we uh, expect ASU to come back to earth here? Or are they actually fairly good? I think they're fairly good. We're going to find out though. They, they, they play Creighton coming up They're You know, they play Arizona in, in a month and uh, their schedule becomes a lot more difficult in the next few weeks. So we're going to find out a lot more. All right. Before we sign off here, also a very important here in, in life to be able to treat people well to, you can have back and forth. You can have good times, but um, the end of uh, well, it does appear that the end of the rich era is here and it's happening pretty quickly. Um, just to recap, because I've had a lot of people ask me about it. When Rich came in, he did everything he could to try to bury me. Um, and I can't thank all of you enough out there because it didn't work and it backfired on him spectacularly. Um, the ratings show that uh, he's pretty much isolated. And basically it's, uh, you know, David and Glenn who like him. And that's about it in the media. So I really appreciate all of you that backed, uh, back to the A and backed me during this all. And, uh, Again, can't wouldn't be here without all of you. And again, hope Rich learned his lesson to be nicer to people going forward. But Sheer, a guy that has never been accused of not being nice, really appreciate you hopping on. And we will uh, we'll talk to you soon, my man. Thanks for having me, buddy. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.